Welcome to the Association Corner, a podcast series focusing on insights and trends for association professionals by association professionals. Welcome back, listeners. If you're new, I welcome you to the Association Corner. It's the podcast for associations. I'm Brian Cobb, your host for today's podcast, and I'm very excited today as um, we're going to be talking about the value of your association and how to nurture business development. We have with us Diane Vance. Uh, she's going to discuss this important subject. She's what I like to call an expert within this topic. Uh, Diane's an association executive with 25 plus years of revenue generation experience in large high profile associations. She currently serves as director of sales and business development for AOTA, the American Occupational Therapy Association. And in this role, Diane generates exhibits, sponsorship, print, and digital opportunities for uh, AOTA's large annual conference and all other non-dues revenue products. So without further ado, Diane, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining us here at the Association Corner. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm very excited for this discussion, and I hope to be able to share a lot of things for everyone, things that have worked for me in the past and um, things that work, didn't work so well. Yes, the, we need all of those, all of those uh, talking points for sure, the, the do's and the do nots. Um, so that is... Um, that's great because again, this is a very interesting topic um, today. I'm I'm also in a sales role here at MultiView, and I think there's going to be a lot of correlation between what we both do. So this is not only going to be a great topic for associations to learn from, but I think it spans really across multiple segments of the industry. So with that being said, let's just dive in, right? Um, so many people believe that business development and uh, is really just a, another way of saying sales. Um, I would completely beg to differ with that. Um, you know, a, a, a cursory way that I've always thought about it is business development sort of cultivates um, some of the relationships and, you know, matches up the the product or the service with the, um, uh, with the, the proper market segment as sales in, uh, opposed to that, sales is the the revenue generation uh, process of that or that team that that produces the revenue from those relationships. So, you're an expert here. Uh, what is your opinion on this, and uh, you know what is the difference in your mind between business development and sales? A lot of people use these terms interchangeably within mm -hmm. associations, but there is a difference, and business development is more. As you said, it's more the long-term relationship building, and it's the general strategy of business expansion. So I look at it more as connecting the sales team to qualified leads. So making sure that the sales team has leads in hand. And sales is more the face of the organization. Mm -hmm. They're on the front lines, closing deals, completing transactions, and they basically guide the through the transaction process to make the sale. And they should be very good at matching clients. They should know the clients well enough and the product line well enough to make really good matches there to match the clients with the products. So I have both in my title, business development and sales, and they do perform similar functions within the association. And they both must have significant knowledge of the markets. So they have to know their um, the industry that their association's in and they have to know mm -hmm. the players and the companies, and they have to know the trends coming down the line. Like, what are the products that your association members are going to need? 
yeah, to, to match up all that. So very, very important function. Yeah, absolutely. That's crucial. And I like that, <laughs> which is obviously why you're here today. You've got both of those terms in your title. So uh, no one better to speak to on that. So uh, like I said, I, mean, I couldn't agree more with um, with those points um, for sure. So um, if an association doesn't have a business development team on board, do you recommend that they look into that ASAP or you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I do recommend um, a sales and business development team for every association really, because we- right. That's how important sales is and revenue growth, as we know. So the most important things are to motivate that staff correctly. And I believe that's through, I know a lot of associations, sometimes they they have their salespeople or business development people on a salary, just a Mm -hmm. straight salary, and there's no variation to that. And I've seen it done both ways. In my experience, it works better when the business development and sales team are compensated on a variable comp plan so that they are financially rewarded. And it really gives them the drive to keep things current in your organization. And without that, without that motivation with the BD staff, things could tend to stay the same in an association. And Mm -hmm. I've worked at associations in the past where people have stayed for many, many years employed there and things kind of, um, could end up staying the same, or sometimes people think of associations like mini government, like a cushy gig, and it isn't the case if you are if your compensation is varied like that. That you know you have to meet a certain number, yeah, um, to make yeah. your income. So they will come up with ideas that push revenue. So the BD staff will be out there making the industry connections, and they will be coming up with out of the box ideas. So they're going to be coming up with new ideas that other organizations are doing. So they they bring that to you to make sure that they're staying that you all are staying current, and they won't be stagnant because they know their income relies on it. So they won't mm-hmm. want to offer the same old things, the BD staff. So, mm-hmm. um, they're kind of the spark. I call them the spark that moves the association forward. Really, so that's yeah, good. Very I like it. Yeah, yes. and also the. The person in the role of business development or sales in the association, they are working with the vendors all day long Mm -hmm. and they know what resonates with them and what doesn't. So they can keep the vendors needs in mind in internal discussions so they can bring that perspective to the internal meetings. So it's kind of like they're the ambassador for the vendor. And when I say vendor in this case, I mean exhibitor, sponsor, client, enterprise member, whatever. So they can be the ambassador. And like them having a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. So, and they also know how important data is to show ROI to these vendors. So they'll be asking for those kind of things that maybe other staff members won't be as focused on that, but we will be focused on the Google Analytics and all of that. So we need to know the deep um, data into our membership too. Like not just demographics, but we want to know all those other things. So um, I like how you said, um, you know, uh, it takes a certain kind of person to be in this uh, anyway, in the, this type of role. Um, and and we'll always be called Sparks. We're, we're, we're good with that. Yes. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be called that. And, and exactly like to, my spark plugs, the sales team, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And we also, um, I think you said a lot just by saying, uh, 
you know, keeping people properly motivated because again, uh, this, um, uh, the type of person that is in sales is not always motivated by, um, uh, by the, um, their take home, let's say, or, you know, their, their end of the day. But, um, you know, there, there's other things that motivate salespeople, which I'm sure we'll get into a little later, but, um, but yeah, proper motivation, whatever that is, is, is key for this, um, uh, the psyche of the sales and or business development person, I believe. Yes. And I believe if all these things are in place, the revenue for your association will go up. And I like that. Yeah. And so if they've got the, if they're motivated, if they're motivated properly through the comp plan, and if they are out there being the voice of the exhibitor to bring that and the sponsor to bring that back to your organization mm-hmm. and your organization is making changes for this, the revenue will go up and you will stay current. So Do you have any spark- examples of that? Yes. Have any- um, so as far as us being my team being the voice of the exhibitor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a AOTA has a large conference with like 300 exhibitors and we do a lot of the sales on site for the following year. And we had mm-hmm. done that one year. So we had sold, you know, maybe 80 booths or something. And then AOTA had to make a change to the floor plan. And they just okay. thought maybe, I mean, um, that, it, that, oh, we could just make this change and it'll be okay. And we had to say, whoa, whoa, no, we sold these people right around that, that escalator. And now you're moving in. That's not going to be the case. So we're going to have to think through this as an organization, like weigh the pros and cons of doing this, you know? And so yeah, yeah. we ended up bring that forward. And so we ended up, you know, we spoke up for our clients and for our relationships and we, um, you know, made a, made a compromise with the internal staff. So that worked out very well. So like, it's just so important to have these people in place. Yeah. I love that. Those are all those points. You hit on all those uh, great points and that's appreciate that little peek behind the curtain with that example. Um, yeah. Okay. So it probably goes without saying that finding the right person for the job can mean everything. So as someone who's been in your role for as long as you have, um, what should associations look for in a person that they want to hire for business development? Um, To be most successful in sales, I say the two most important things are drive and empathy. So empathy, they have to be, they have to care about the person that they're selling to on the other side of the table. They have to care about that. They have to know the pain points, the budget, the perspective, and the goals of who they're selling to so they can make strong proposals. So the empathy would be like anticipating their needs and questions because they're putting themselves in their position. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, totally agree. super critical, but also um, you want someone that has drive and is hungry so that mm-hmm. they, and the mo- and the, the financial motivation helps with that part. Yeah. But you need someone in there that is going to, where there's rejection that they just got to keep going. So they need, they need to have drive empathy and they need to have drive the energy to keep making calls and keep moving forward. And, you know, pretty, they have to be pretty motivated. So um, and those skills can be, you know, coached, but I definitely look for those two things. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I also like charm and fearlessness because we have to be daring in our roles. We have to be bold. Absolutely. We have to be, you know, fearless to ask for the, ask for the sale. And it, it's really important to have 
um, a certain likability so that clients keep the door open and they want to maintain the relationship. So you can do that by being genuine. So being genuine and having empathy and drive, a lot of success can be going on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, in fact, fearless is one of the terms we use here a lot. Um, so I, did you know that at all or, or is that no. just, Oh yeah. We use it no. here all the time. We use it here all but, the time in this organization. We um, have to be that way in business and we have to be this way in our jobs is well, that's, that's how growth yeah. happens though, honestly, because yeah. if you're, if you're too tentative, then it's, it's not a good fit. So, uh, and, and I, to your point, I mean, I, I believe that, that showing genuine interest in finding a solution for your client, um, it, not just a sale, it really, you know, um, that's when your authenticity shows through and, and you gain that trusted advisor status with your potential clients. And that opens them up to, um, to more ideas of, of growing, um, and then of growing their, um, you know, what they're wanting to do. And, and then you, you, you grow your relationship and it just, everything grows in the right direction. So yes. I think, um, and go ahead. this is somewhat basic, but I have, one of my son is starting out in sales. And I, when he started his first sales job, I said, just be as helpful as possible. <laughs> yeah. Just be super helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you care, it shows, if you care about the yeah. other, about the person's you know issue or what they're, or what they're seeking. And if you can help them do that, then uh, it's, it's a, it's an opportunity for uh, additional growth. So, all right. Awesome. Uh, we are in complete agreement there. <laughs> I uh, I absolutely agree with all those great traits for effective business development and salespeople. Um, so now um, we've seen some associations give sales to membership or conference directors as most revenue supports the shows. Is this a good idea or what are your thoughts here? I have seen some associations do this and sometimes they're small and they think, okay, well, we'll just give sales to the membership director to and charge them to increase sales, maybe even mm -hmm. enterprise member sales, larger things, or we'll just give the person who runs the show, there's an expo hall, they can just sell that to when they're, when it, you know, in their spare time or whatever. In my experience, no, um, doesn't work so well. And I do see, and I'm kind of talking about myself here too, this is mm -hmm. generalizing, but it's been my experience that people that are really successful in sales and want to do that job, they're hungry. They crave interaction, like talking. They crave this a lot. And they're motivated by moving the needle and closing deals. That's mm -hmm. that's what they want to do all day. They are mm -hmm. not as, they don't take as much personal satisfaction from things like details or a smoothly run whatever. Like they're like, no, I, I'm, I'm out there. I'm doing <laughs> this thing. This is my thing. I'm doing this. Yeah. And I'm just getting more clients and um, pushing there and then that has to be handled somewhere else, whatever. So that's one reason. And then also if you have the staff financially in place with some kind of variable comp plan, they are rewarded by money. And so they're really focused more on the big picture and they kind of want to, they're big time into growth and they want to, they're thinking about like, oh, if I sell this one more thing, you know, I'm going to benefit myself versus like the mm -hmm. association mission driven uh, thing. So it both mindsets are very important, but I, and associations need a mix of them, but that's, this is why I don't think maybe it's the best idea to do that. And also, you know, 
um, the person that you give that to, if they don't, if they don't really enjoy that kind mm-hmm. of thing and they don't and they feel like that's not me, I don't want to do that, then they're not, that's going to go to the bottom of the list. And then you won't see as much revenue. Yeah. As if yeah. you put a spark plug on There I'm, you go. I'm There's sure your... the person is spark plug too, but. There's your, I, you're going to probably need to trademark that. Um, and you know, for your book that you write, I'm sure, um, <laughs> the spark plug thing. Yes. Okay. That, but, but you're right. That's so true. So associations can really benefit from that mix, um, and, and knowing it, recognizing it and, and, and then, uh, benefiting from it, growing from that as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this next question, um, might come up more than some might think. And since we've got you uh, an expert here in this area, um, I want to definitely get your opinion on this. Can being an ambassador for the vendor cause conflict in the association? Is this uh, an issue that you're seeing? I have seen that as an issue almost in every association. Mm. Um, Because they're there, because the rest of the staff is there to serve the membership. And then you come along and you're talking about the, the vendors who sell. So, so it is kind of a conflict. Um, there's we have different agendas. Maybe um, the business development team moving at a very fast speed, and they need to make bold moves. And we talked about the boldness and the fearlessness. And if the other staff is there for the mission of the organization, and they're you know compensated differently, mm-hmm. we shake. We're there to shake things up and to make our quotas. And so um, that might cause some conflict and. Also, um, associations, in my experience, they, like for me, a lot of times I came up through ad sales. So working with the editorial team, it's always, it's always a little bit of an effort to win them over, but I usually, Mm -hmm. you know, but it takes a little while because they, the editors, I mean, they're like journalists and then here I am with ad sales. And sometimes that's been like, not as they have to know that you're there to keep it classy too. And you're focused on the revenue. Right. I was going to ask you in your role, in your role, do you, do you have to step in sometimes to kind of smooth things over? Yes, definitely. And um, I, I mostly, I make it a goal to win all this other staff over and let them see that I'm genuine with what I'm trying to do. And that I'm looking out for the association as well. Right. So, um, it takes me, usually it takes me a few months to a year to win everyone over, but it usually does because sometimes people just don't, um, they see sometimes sales as that role as the, mm-hmm. um, they definitely value the money that is being brought in, but they don't, sometimes if they, they don't have experience in sales, they don't respect maybe or understand the art of it, that it's yeah. bravery and persuasion and all the people's skills, communication, follow up. So they don't as much understand that. It's, yeah, they kind of, um, you know, have uh, the preconceived notions yes. of the used car salesman yes. or whatever. And they're a little yes. tentative about, you know, trusting the yes. uh, that, that we're all on the same team, if you will. Yes. Trying I to do, go in one direction. I think that is more of an old school. Like I had that more of the, in the past. So mm-hmm. I think now things are changing a little bit, but that is something that I have experienced. So I just have to yeah. make sure that I um, communicate well to the rest of the organization. And there's all kinds of ways to do that. Like, and, you know, it helps during the budget times when we're making our numbers and I can explain why. 
So, yeah, the proof so, is in the pudding. Exactly. So it's kind of an art and a delicate balance um, since we need all the staff, the business development staff and the rest of the staff necessary for an association to grow. And the, I say the best thing is for an association environment to support business development versus seeing them in any kind of negative way and be open-minded mm -hmm. to their their fresh ideas that they're bringing and not necessarily resist right away, even mm -hmm. though it's different. Well, so, is there any sort of example on, on anything here where you've put any of that into play and where maybe the listeners might be able to yes. glean some? Okay. Yes. Um, so one of the things that's really important to do is to make sure that your association has current offerings um, that you can give to your vendors, to your suppliers, um, advertisers, exhibitors, sponsors, make sure that you have a modern suite of products versus things that mm -hmm. have just been in place forever. So every time I go to an association, I kind of look at that and see like what we can do to modernize things. Mm -hmm. And one thing that AOTA had was that I was overseeing was print advertising in our publication. So it was basically traditional print advertising. Right. And I knew that the kind of things that we covered in our publication and the, and the advertiser base. So I had those two things in mind and I was thinking like we could really benefit from some sponsored content because we have universities that want to market their master's programs to mm -hmm. our members, the occupational therapists, Sure. So all these universities and they all have very, you know, they have good budgets for marketing. Right. And, you know, this is a goal. This is a priority for them. So um, we didn't really cover that a lot in our publication, like that kind of content about universities. So I decided to do sponsored content on what's new in universities. And mm -hmm. I hired a writer. So this was not going to be through the AOTA staff writing this or anything. An outside okay. party. And it was a pay to play. Um, if an advertiser had an ad in they would get interviewed for this and they could talk about their university. And then it was presented as an article that didn't look exactly oh, yeah. like the other articles in the mm -hmm. publication. And then I made sure it had exposure online, et cetera. That's so, really cool. Yes. So that was very cool. That was a big success. And then I'm working on another one now, which is how to, can because I know that OTs want to start their own private practice. A lot of them do. So it's like, okay, how can they start their own private practice? There's all these vendors that want to help them with that. So I've got one yeah. in July where it's, we've got these companies who can help OTs through software and whatever, start their own OT practice. So this is like a hot topic, but we weren't covering things like that. So these are ways to get the vendor involved and they can position themselves as a thought leader versus traditional advertising. But when it comes to how I got that through, which is part of our point here is like, okay, well, that's a great thing. But did the association want to do that? So I basically, they were a little resistant because they had, you know, tested the waters way before I started working here that, that it kind of offended a few people. So we realized we had to back way up. I had to wow. make a presentation mm -hmm. to a lot of the people in, a in AOTA, including some occupational therapists to say, okay, listen, this is the percentage of sponsored content that's out there right now currently versus traditional advertising. So this is like, something that we need that we, we can jump on and our audience is not going to be shocked our membership is not going to be shocked because they're used to seeing sponsored content so um yeah yeah i had to kind of do a presentation introduce the writer yeah um and show examples that he had done in the past and then 
I had to go through, I established a vetting process of like, okay, if people want to do sponsor content, this is the things that we were to get from them upfront. And these are who on the staff is going to approve of this before it even goes. So, you know, that's just one type of sponsored content is this advertorial, but we're kind of working on others. And there's a strict vetting process to make sure that everyone's involved. So no one's surprised when they open the publication and like, yeah, Diane do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's an example of like letting the vendors show their thought leadership but also you know my team getting something new through by educating and communicating and following you know showing them that we have a vetting process and yeah i mean and there there you are living up to what you said earlier thinking outside of the box i mean that's a great example um it makes tons of sense um to hear you say it, um, you know, to that, that example just basically underlines, uh, and really helps that sink in. Um, okay. So, um, you know, we all want to know what are your pro tips, uh, for selling an association? Okay. I have a lot of those. Um, the first thing is to make sure your association is offering current products. Like look for the sponsored yeah. content kind of a thing, opportunity, yeah. like not just the same, same old thing. So um, the key is to think creatively and digitally and think of ways to make the vendor a thought leader through sponsored content or my last two associations have used webinars for increased revenue. So that's mm -hmm. what we can do there is maybe your association, they have their own webinars. Maybe you, you're a vendor who's, matching could sponsor that and then or maybe they can you can have an editorial calendar where like every fourth webinar is contributed by one of your vendors sure yeah and then you know it's communicated that way mm -hmm. to the audience but it's and it has to be done in not a salesy way but more of an educational way mm -hmm. so that's webinars are great and a couple of associations ago i used a vendor's blog on recruiting next to our job board. So uh -huh. I just look at my IT department, like, okay, what do you think of this? This guy's got a blog about um, employment and recruiting in this industry. You know, I think that it could help us. And they were like, oh yeah, that's great. Let's just do mm -hmm. it because it'll give us fresh content and mm -hmm. then kind of um, partner. And then that vendor would call out our job board on social media. Kind of like, you know, we had a communal thing going on. Yeah. So that worked out really well. So any way you can get them involved and yeah. promote them in a way that they can be thought leaders. And yeah, that to your point, what I've found is there are people that don't yeah. care or they, they don't mind, um, you know, uh, any uh, publicity, if you will, is good publicity, right? Or any, any word, if your shingles out there and then, and, and you're being seen by the right audience, that's, that's key for them. And they almost don't care, you know, um, you know, how it's out there. They just want the, the name out there, the, 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 their organization out there. Um, yeah. uh, or, uh, but, but since, uh, you, you're mentioning thought leadership. Thought leadership is a great way to do it where it isn't as, um, you know, as a direct um, advertisement as much as it is um, just planting the seed and your, your, and your, you know, joining of like minds, you know, so um, it's, it's, that's another great way um, of doing what you're doing. I can't yes. keep enough uh, 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 compliments on you here on, on how you're doing oh, it. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thought leadership is a way for them to explain 
themselves versus just like, here's our product or whatever. Right, right. So they can work. So yeah, it's a win-win there. Oh, and so another thing that I do, and I just have to throw this in because other, I've seen a few, some associations don't have this, is we use Salesforce and Mm -hmm. that's a game changer. Amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's to keep track of everything. And uh, that's a great platform. Yeah. The right CRM is is key. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's so it's so important to help the, the organization and help smooth out um, uh, any potential rough spots. But yeah, it's that that management yes. is key. Yes, and I can peep on my sales staff, so I don't have to ask them. Mm-hmm. I can just like go in and see like what's going on. Okay, yeah, invaluable. Um, the another thing is, um, I communicate the value of my association. So I remind vendors that when they support the association, that we take the money and it goes back into the industry mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. for profit. So I, I, you know, throw that, we, we remind them of that. Yeah. That's too. super important. Yeah. And again, having, working with your membership department to make sure you have excellent um, data on your membership. That's really important. Like, mm-hmm sectioning off things for them, like what percentage work in this part of the industry, et cetera. Like you have to have all of that super important and just ask whoever you have to ask, like membership department, whatever. Um, and if, if you don't have that information, like that should be asked in surveys and the sales team can be vocal about like saying, this is a need of ours. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's super important. Also, I think it's good to work with people outside of your association for lead generation, because you don't want to be going after the same companies year after year and to right. get more suppliers involved it's very good to use leads that are cultivated from your vendors so my organization um, we work with multiview just for the retargeting mm-hmm. for our ads and this has opened up it's more feet in the field for us and it's opened up more leads because i could just go into the back end and pull the lookalike companies and my team doesn't have time to do that yeah multiview is pulled the lookalike companies so we can just import those into our marketing platforms and market to them. So it's key to get fresh leads, new companies going in the pipeline. And another way is to look for your sponsors. So my my job's big into into our conference because that's a large part of our revenue. So yeah. it's like 9,000 attendees and 300 exhibitors and um, sponsorship opportunities. So yeah. I'm kind of like sizable show charged with monetizing this as best we can. Right. Sure. So good things to do are look at the pain points of your conference and have the sponsor provide those services that will help versus just the logo on a site. Right. Not saying that's bad, but you know, um, the sponsor, I've been taught that the sponsor is an interloper at your conference. So you have the association with the with the education and the content and then you have the attendees that are there for to learn and then you have the sponsor who's there who wants to get in front of these groups so it's it could be awkward so yeah it's it's better that they fill a role that resonates a needed role that resonates with the members so um i've seen that done in, in a couple of different ways like um phone charging stations things like that mm-hmm. um i've seen daycare at a convention like one association had a lot of parents and so they didn't have anything to do with their kids so the next year we brought in um, a daycare 
to like uh, rented a room for in the com- convention center mm-hmm. for daycare and then hired a local um, daycare center employees and then a sponsor paid for all that. So that's like they know that sponsor is working working for us. Like that yeah. they care about us and they they gave me a break when I needed one. Things like that. I've and, never heard of that or seen that. Have you seen that since or is, that's interesting? I've just never. No, but that's just one example. Yeah, that's thinking outside the box. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And so that was a good one. And then AOTA has, um, they there's somebody that dresses up at, like as OT Rex, they called it, like T-Rex, OT Rex, like a dinosaur. Yeah. And our members loved it. Like they just love taking the pictures. So since we have so many universities, we're offering this sponsorship of um, them being able to dress up like that and um, go in into our lobby and hand out stuff. So oh, like so having having their mascot at the yes, event. the mascot, cool. it's the mascot sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. So if it was, we can say, listen, you know, they loved OT Rex, and you know, that's you know, yeah. it likes those kind of things. Like some associations, like maybe that wouldn't resonate as much. But you have yeah. to look at your the the who the members are and like what kind of things they like. Mm-hmm. and sponsorship opportunities or what kind of things they need and match up sponsor opportunities. So things and like let's be honest, there's not a lot of, um, you know, conferences that have multiple mascots walking around. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. 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 No, that's great. I don't know if Wars is going to either, but I'm putting it out there. Yeah. That's a great idea though. I, I hope for the best on that. That, that would be interesting. I, I want to see some picks on that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, again, all great ideas. So, that being said, what suggestions do you have on ways to um, let's get back to the compensation part? Uh, yeah. You know, for this uh, these sales and and um, business development staff, um, you know the the carrot is out there, right? So, what what mm-hmm. suggestions do you have on ways to compensate that and motivate that sales and business development staff? Yes, I've seen this done many ways, as in like a straight salary for the salespeople mm-hmm. or kind of. Um, heavy commission so that they're half and half almost or something. Mm-hmm. But the way I've seen it work the best is a competitive base salary, like something that's that's good. And then you give them payouts to strive for that come quarterly or monthly based on them having a quota that's higher than the budget. Mm-hmm. So I look at my budget and I look at the product lines and the months and I break it out. And of course, like with my job, I have to say how how much is what's put in the budget, what the yeah. revenue is going to be with any with any sure. of the product lines, print advertising, digital, whatever. So I kind of you can kind of put their quota a little beyond that mm-hmm. to ensure that you make your budget numbers, but then you keep them having to strive. Yeah. So I think that works great. Yeah, because you want to make sure you make your budget, and then you want these people to. Be helping it, you make your budget. Yeah, it's the and, brass ring. And, and make, they're right. always and reaching then, for the brass ring. Yes, so that everyone's got their focus on meeting the budget, basically, mm-hmm. and exceeding it. So it's super important. And then maybe at the end, you know, at the end of the year, if they've gone over 100% of what they were supposed to make, then they could get some kind of a pick, some kind of bonus. You're in my you're you're completely in my mind right now. I was just gonna say maybe uh, adding or um, 
or including a, a year-end awards program yes. uh, for to honor some of the sales achievement, achievements out there, maybe um, layer in some criteria maybe to reach yeah. uh, uh, an annual sales achievers uh, club trip, like a, you know, travel somewhere uh, and, and multiple organizations I've worked with, there's been, there's always some sort of a president's club or a sales achievers club uh, trip, something like that. Um, and sometimes they, they want to take it. Sometimes they, they don't want to take it, but it's, that's the thing. That's, that's what's out there. So you're, uh, you get kind of an award and then, you know, you get to, right. to travel to some exotic locale. Yes. And these people want to achieve. So in my experience, the people in the past have been reporting to me that didn't make their number, they get they so disappointed. And it's yeah. like it's not even about the money or but I mean it's it is the money, but it's like they get like, oh man, I didn't make it. So yeah. There's there's a, have, there's a level of pride in there. Yes. That it's not just again like we were touching on earlier. It's uh there's certainly monetary uh, value placed on a lot of this motivation, but, but there's also pride in there. And when you have the right people in, in the position, then uh, their pride is affected and, and that, that helps drive things as well. Yes. Yes. And I also want to make the point that sometimes associations, they don't have much room, upward mobility mm-hmm. and with salespeople, business development people, they're really into growth. So if they can show growth somehow to themselves, like, okay, I didn't move up, but I'm making much more money than I was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. it's just keep them increasing maybe their goals and then that they will make more money. So even if you can't promote them, that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. That's again, all good stuff. Um, okay, Diane, we're kind of at that point here. You've been a wealth of knowledge so far here. Um all this has been incredibly insightful. Um, so thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. And I, I want to keep, I don't want to keep you much longer here. So um, I'll open up the floor to you here. Is there any kind of um, last items here, talking points that we didn't get to, or that you wanted to share with the association listeners here? Yes. Um, first thing is, so it's so important. Keep your association's offerings modern lanyards print ads do not have the power that they used to so think creatively and digitally to compensate your sales team with a variable or commission comp plan and not a street salary so that they're reaching for their goals and this drives them create an environment that supports sales efforts versus seeing them as uh pushy or something yeah (laughs) that used car salesman thing again yeah yes and to people doing this role um, I would say be bold and be daring within your association to ask for things. Like sometimes things that I thought would never fly, they, they, they're like, oh yeah, we'll do that. That's not a big deal, Diane. We can do that. So just keep asking for things that you need, like the data, the deep member data and like changes to be made. And then where there's resistance, just communicate and um, make your case and show the importance of it. So those I are- love it. Yeah. That's perfect. Thanks so much, Diane. I really appreciate your time and insight here. Yes. Thank you so much for all right. Yeah. Love it. Had a great time with you. So for Diane Vance, I'm Brian Cobb, and this is the Association Corner. (laughs) 